When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice here for the Thursday show. And it's not about football. Listen, we're doing pizza. And it it's not just like, hey, I like pizza. Let's do pizza. Square cut pizza is a foundational topic of Buckeye Talk. Those of you who have been around from the, the beginning understand that. We have gotten away a little bit from our foundation. And that's good. And and maybe it's bad at times. We don't talk about robots as much as we used to. And we don't talk about square cut pizza as much as we used to. I still would like to have another robot person on in the future. This is not about football. I don't know if people come, come, they become Buckeye Lock Talk listeners over the years. There have been times on this podcast when we have spent a great deal of time talking about things other than football. It has been a wonderful, exciting football year. Has it not? Has it not, friends? From, well, some of it wasn't wonderful. It's like you didn't think there was going to be a season, then there was a season, then Ohio State was good, then they had games delayed, then they made the playoff, then they made the national championship game, then they went into spring football, now they just had the draft. We have, you know, we go five days a week, but we have been quite busy. So now we're going to talk about football. We're just going to take a breather. If you don't want it, if you don't want to listen to this one, I get it. But give it a chance. The guest, it's just me and this guy. The guest is Jim Ellison. He wrote a book, the book, about Columbus pizza. And it's a history podcast. It's a food podcast. It's an Ohio podcast. It's a Columbus podcast. It's an Ohio State in its own way podcast. We talk about the history of of pizza in Columbus, how it came to be, why all the pizza in Columbus is cut into squares, he really, I mean, this. He wrote up. I mean, it's a big book. I'm gonna. I'm reaching for it. That's why my voice got a little further away. Yes. How many pages is this? It's not like a pamphlet. It's like a real book. It's 150 something pages. So this is like a. This is a book about pizza. How awesome is that? And we. T- we. T- I had to. I mean, listen. Someone writes a book about square cut pizza. We're we're, we're gonna not have them on. So it came out in the fall, and that's what we're gonna talk about. I would. I would encourage you to try it. And if not, that's great. Nathan and Stephen will be back on Buckeye Futures Friday for the Friday podcast. Now, by the way, we know they got a commit, and that happened on Wednesday. 
Uh, but we're not going to talk about that because they didn't get a pizza commit. But Nathan and Steven are going to get into that and a lot of other things about recruiting on Friday. So just wait a day for that. It's all good. It's a three-star guy from Florida. He's good. It's important. But pizza comes first. All right. Here we go. Thanks, as always. Try the text at 614-350-3315. And uh, here we go with Jim Ellison on Buckeye Talk, talking about Columbus pizza. Joined on Buckeye Talk by Jim Ellison, and I'm so excited for this. I have never, Jim, I have never met someone previously who wrote a book about pizza. And so that alone has you held in the high esteem, uh, in my opinion. We are going to get into your book, Columbus Pizza, A Slice of History. I recommend it to everybody listening to these words right now. Jim, what is your background and why did you write a pizza book? Cool. Well, first, let me backtrack, Doug. we got to get you hanging out with some different folks uh, because you should be hanging out with people that write books about pizza and hamburgers and, and all these different types of foods. That's what I do. Um, but, you know, you, you, you have sacrificed for the public by focusing a big chunk of your life on sports. So people should celebrate that, that you have sacrificed yourself for the greater good. Um, for me, I have been um, a freelance writer uh, for 20 years. I've been an eater my entire life. I'm pretty mm. good at it. And uh, those two things combined um, to lead me to write about the history of pizza in Columbus. Okay. Um, did you, was this, uh, I, I mean, I like, I like getting, I like behind the scenes stuff a little bit too, yeah. like how stuff happens. Like, did you have to pitch this book to multiple different people? Did you just write it and then decide to sell it? Like, I'm interested in that kind of thing. Cause like, it's such a cool topic, but also, I mean, it's, it's very, you know, it's Columbus pizza. Yeah. So there is kind of a very specific audience at the same time. Did you have to persuade someone? I swear this is a good idea or is everybody all in? Oh, I had to pitch hard. Columbus <laughs> pizza. So even pizza in Columbus, you know, that's, we know that. I think the state of Ohio knows that. I think people that kind of know pizza know that, but a lot of people don't. Columbus is not that first city that comes to mind when you're thinking of pizza. You're thinking of New York, Chicago, uh, New Haven, maybe. Um, you know, some of those kind of more notorious pizza places. Nowadays, Detroit. I mean, who'd have thunk mm -hmm. it, you know, five or 10 years ago? But yeah, I had to pitch it hard. Uh, There's a lot of skepticism. It's like, um, just on pizza in Columbus, you think you want to maybe scale that out to Ohio? It's like, no, we're good. We're good with Columbus. Uh, you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised with the turnout and the publishing company has been surprised. They, I did not expect this thing to take off uh, the way that it has. Awesome. So uh, this came out, this came out the past fall, right? It, it came, came out, out November of 2020 and uh, that it, it's a long sorted story. Uh, I first pitched this in 2018 and I got the go ahead, the green light in December of 2018. And I'm, and they're like, how long are you going to need to write this book? I'm like, give me a year. We'll be good. So come the end of summer of 2019, I'm like, this is killing me. Cause I could not get anyone to interview for this hmm. book. And that's bizarre. I, I, you probably know this on your end of the media, but especially when you're writing about food, most restaurant owners are like, you're going to write about me. Great. That means exposure and more business. And, 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 you know, can we only talk for three hours? But that was not the case for most of these pizza places. I literally one guy 
Um, it took me four attempts to get an interview from him. And like, literally I was stalking him. So I dropped in and he wasn't there and I'd call and he wasn't there and I'd write a note and he wasn't there. And I talked to one of the managers and she's like, he's not there. And then she's like, well, look, you know, he's, he's in here prepping like around 10 in the morning, you know, try to catch him then. So I spent like a week trying to catch him at 10, never showed up. One day I finally got him. And he's like, oh, I'm really busy right now. Why don't you come tomorrow at 11? I'll be here and we'll do the interview. So I show up the next day at 11, close sign on the door. Nobody's there. So like it took me forever to interview this one guy. And when I finally got him, and this was the case for, for all those people, once I was able to box him into an interview, is we spoke for like 90 minutes or more. Yeah. But it was, it was that fight to get that interview. So I was talking to my editor. It's like, I'm going to need more time. Um, and then I was still encountering that time and time again, um, had a couple literally pivotal moments that happened in December of, uh, 2019 is like the two Rosetta stones that I needed to give me the story about the first pizzeria in Columbus. I was able to track them down. And once I had that, that gave me my first chapter. Okay. And I really got on a roll because then COVID hit. Yeah. And that gave me some free time. So those things together kind of got us back on track. And then I told my editors like, Hey, remember I was really despondent and I thought like, Hey, can we publish this in 22, 2022 or 2023? It's like, can we get that else before the end of the year? Cause I'm afraid a lot of these places are going to close because of COVID. So I went from like uh, slow yeah. to like super fast. And I would bet. So like of all the things that you couldn't do anymore during COVID yeah. ordering pizza was something you still could do. So the timing on this, it was like, I mean, I'm, I would imagine for the restaurants that could stay afloat. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of people were probably trying to eat pizza. A lot of people trying to eat COVID for the most part. There's some pizza places that still closed during COVID. And, and that was like the, the death blow to them. But for the most part, pizza places did not suffer as much as other restaurants. Yeah. So that helped. Um, there were massive supply chain issue, issues for pizzerias. I was talking to sales guys and things like that. And, you know, literally there were times where some pizza places are, I don't know where I'm going to have my yeast for my dough two days from now. So it was, oh, it was tough. It was, it's a long struggle that people didn't see behind the scenes, but it gave me time is that basically there was nothing else for me to do. Um, my house, my life is pretty chaotic till about 10 o'clock when my wife and my son go to sleep. And literally from like 10 PM till like 1130 or midnight, I just started writing. And I kind of got on a loop and then some people that were harder to reach before because their lives were a little bit slower. I was able to connect to them and get some of those stories that I, that I wanted. And by kind of like Memorial day of um, 2020, I'm like, I think I can knock this book out by the end of June. So wow, I, okay. my editor said, Hey, um, I'm a lot more optimistic now, but I really want to get this out because a lot of these pizza places are still struggling I think this can be a shot in the arm to some of these small mom and pop businesses and get them exposure. Yeah. What can we do to get this out by the end of the year? So it was, it was um, a pretty big push at the end. Okay. All right. So I am, uh, there's two things about me. I have strong pizza opinions and I'm dumb. So I did not realize something actually until I read this book and at some point, this is not, we are not here to fight about pizza. Pizza should bring people together. Pizza yeah. should not tear people apart. But by the end of this podcast, I do, I would imagine we may have a somewhat spirited discussion about what you are supposed to do with the four 
center crustless slices in a square cut pizza, which I contend are among the most useless substances on earth. Those four slices. I will not agree with you, but it's case by case basis. We'll get there, but we'll get there. That's the, that's the peak. But what I didn't know, Jim, so I'm originally from the East coast. People on the East Coast have strong pizza opinions. Yeah. I grew up in a town in Pennsylvania where we weren't pizza experts, but I right. could throw a rock and hit from my house, hit six local pizza joints where everybody. I mean, when I was growing up, you could get like a like a six dollar large New York style pie with the big chewy crust. I often just got just cheese on it like this. It's just that was pizza to me. Right. And so I move here. I've lived here since 2005 in Columbus, and that's not what pizza is in Columbus. And I, it took me a long time to understand that. But Jim, until your book, I did not realize that what I was experiencing here was not just a lack of New York pizza. It was actually Columbus-style pizza. That if I had moved to Chicago and everybody but I had this deep-dish pizza, I wouldn't have been walking the streets yelling like, where's the New York-style pizza? Because I would have had the understanding. Jim, I didn't know the extent to which Columbus pizza truly was its own style until I read this. Am I dumb? If I'm dumb, just tell me. You are not dumb because this argument recently came up on the connoisseurs of Columbus. That's one of the like three or four Facebook groups solely dedicated to pizza in Columbus. And this group has like 40,000 members. And I was having a, a spirited friendly discussion like you and I will have later about Columbus style pizza. Okay. And you know, his opinion is like, no, it's, it's, it's similar. It's, it's Midwest pizza. There's nothing that just is distinctly different about Columbus. And then he throws out what's called the common knowledge argument, right? It was like, well, if it hasn't been written about anywhere, instead of your stupid little book, you know, it doesn't count. And um, I, I would disagree with that to some extent. Now, let's throw a couple of things into the conversation first. Born and bred in Columbus, so I'm a little bit biased. But also, I've traveled all over the world. I'm an experienced writer and researcher. So I'm not going to throw it out there unless I think I have at least a, a small foot to stand on. So, um, yeah, there is a style to it. And that style comes from history and tradition. Yeah. Right? Is that? And so your experience growing up, New York style city pizza wasn't just in new york it's it's east coast but it's not all the east coast um though in columbus and in most of the country we just figure like that's pizza that's the only type of pizza people on the on the east coast eat that's our common knowledge right but there's all types of styles on the east coast there's tomato pie there's definitely a lot of folks in new jersey would say their spin on pizza is very different than new york city style you've got sicilian you got neo-neapolitan there's all these different kind of spins to it so um yeah i think it's 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 a pretty amazing it's it's an interesting debate but definitely one thing i have encountered in my whole life is that shock that folks from the east coast experience when they move to columbus or they're visiting columbus as they encounter this thin crusted square cut thing they won't call it pizza i mean they they'll they get angry they get there's profanity that comes out it's like well, what is this? This is a cracker. I have um, used profanity. I have used profanity. In oh, yeah. And, yes. and, and, you know, and I led a pizza tour here in Columbus for about seven years and I would have New Yorkers on my tour and I'd have to talk them down. You know, it's like, it's going to be okay. You know, I'm going to kind of give you some background about why this is the way that it is. 
and we're going to have more than just this style on the tour. So, you know, you might just have to tough it out at one place. There was always a light at the end of the corner. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it's, it's a heated debate, but I would also throw out to New Yorkers, you know, if they're open to the conversation is that pizza in New York is very different than pizza in Naples, which is basically that's pizza as we know in the United States is, is based on pizza in Naples. Right. And we have this vision. It can only be a certain way. It can only be cut in triangles can only be these certain combination of ingredients. Um, I don't think that's the case. Pizza since, since the dawn of time, it's just been like a platform for you to take what is local to you and throw it on and basically have a mobile snack to go. That's what pizza was designed for in, in Naples. It wasn't to be a family meal. It wasn't to be a bar snack. It was to be like, hey, you're poor. You don't even have a kitchen in your home and you need something that you can carry with you um, as you're walking to work. And that's why it has a big crust ring. That's basically the handle. You would fold it in half and eat it that way. And that, that's kind of the origin of why pizza sh is set up the way that it is. And that's how it started in New York too. Same concept is, hey, I'm a poor immigrant working in New York City. I'm going to work at the factory or the, or the garment shop and I need something to grab on the way to work. And, and here we go. Um, so there's reasons for pizza being the way it is wherever it is. And, and we talk about that a little bit in the book. And I, you kind of use that argument and the history and traditions of the Columbus to say that there is a style in Columbus that I feel is, is different and unique to other places. So what I, the shorthand, if I would have used square cut pizza as a shorthand for a description of a fairly thin crust square cut pizza. Right. That actually, uh, my understanding from the way I read your book is I could, you could also say Columbus style pizza, and that should convey a fairly similar, just like if I say New York style pizza, right. I don't have to say triangle cut crust ring pizza you know what i mean new york style right. like columbus pizza would convey the same kind of imagery because there is sort of a standard way of doing business that i would have thought and my east coast listen i'm a jerk because i'm from not how do i say this no i think that's it i'm a jerk because i'm from the east coast my wife's yeah. from iowa she's not as much of a jerk as i am but i've made her more of a jerk by living with her for 25 years gotcha but you, everybody, this is to some degree, this is the pop soda argument. It's the, a lot of other things. What you grow up with, you, you think is, on that too. No, now we have to do this. Now we'll just have a whole spinoff podcast okay, of people cool. fighting right. about food. But it's what you grew up with. You then right. perceive as right. It's a template that forms in your mind in some subconscious way. And this happens, I feel, to like 90% of people is this is the first pizza I had. This was my neighborhood shop. And when you encounter something that's different to you, it is a shock to the system. Yes. And the only time that people will give that a buy is if they're in Italy, if they're in Naples and say, well, I'm Italy. So whatever this is, this is real pizza, right? Even if it's different from where I grew up, but you go anywhere else in the world, any other state, any other city is your, your mind has a hard time accepting something that is different. So given that, so I will, and I, so I have come, this has opened my eyes to the idea. This is not just square cut pizza. This is Columbus pizza. This right. is a style because I think sometimes I would have perceived before that a square cut pizza, it's sort of a lack of style. 
that like it's it's the absence of the correct thing when in and when actually it is a specific thing in and of itself. I would not have said that about Chicago style pizza, Mm -hmm. even though it's so different. Let let me get to a specific couple things, though. And and I apologize. I'm not I'm going to hold myself my jerkiness back. The people listening are for the end. We'll have a therapy session. We we can work it out. There's a couple things uh, from. So there's a couple things at play here. Okay, I think are are obviously the key differences. Let's start with triangle versus square. Okay. But I don't know that we can separate it because to me, the crust argument is directly related to triangle versus square. Absolutely. But I think almost from a mathematical standpoint, and I don't know nothing about no math, but if you had a circle and you said, let's divide this circle equally eight ways, Nobody would say, let's cut it into squares, Exactly. You cut it into triangles. There is an an innate sensibility to cutting a square into triangles that to me seems more part of the natural world, that you have to go against the grain to cut a a circle into squares. So while there are regional differences and that kind of thing, I also feel like there is an argument that the correct way to cut a pizza is into triangles. What is the what is the counter argument to that? Or why are is the square cut such a, a primary part of Columbus pizza? Gotcha. All right. Well, I have a BA, not a BS, but I am well versed in BS. But I'm not going to try to counter that argument. Is a circle a pie makes sense? That's why we have the concept of, of pie 3.41. I would say the way you cut it depends on the style, also depends on where you're at, the environment and what the purpose is, right? So that goes to square cut, tavern cut, party cut. Some people call it even Chicago cut and we can delve into that a little bit later. So again, looking at the history of pizza, it originated as a walking snack lunch for the working class for the poor right? That's why it's got the crust ring to hold on to it. That's why it's floppy. You fold it in half, right? That's how you consume pizza. That's what it was for. You're not going to give somebody a small little triangle because they just want one thing they can grab and take to work and eat, right? So that makes perfect sense. And for that stuff, I'm not going to cut a giant crust ring pizza into squares. That's that's heresy. That's wrong. And it's impractical because who wants the big giant dough ring without any pizza to go with it? Who wants the thick part with with the thin? It's not equitable. But when you look at how pizza evolved in the Midwest in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, what was the purpose for that pizza? It wasn't as a snack that you grabbed real quick on your way to work. We had cars, life had changed, the world had changed. So the tavern cut, bar cut, most likely originated in Chicago and was specifically for people eating at bars. You wanna give somebody just enough carbs, just enough food so they feel comfortable getting that next two or three beers, right? So a big giant slice is gonna mean that only a couple people get pizza in the bar, not everybody. And it's also gonna mean that they maybe eat too much, they get full and they don't get that next beer. So the the tavern cut, the party cut is designed to give more people some pizza instead of a few people a really big filling serving, right? So that's one. Two, when you look at in the Midwest, how we approach toppings, it's almost like layers, right? Like, like pizza, like think about pepperoni specifically in Columbus, Massey's places like that. You have an entire layer of pepperoni on top. 
you need some density to support that amount of toppings. You can't do that on a typical New York style slice. You don't see a New York style slice that's covered in pepperoni and has other toppings on top of it. It can't physically survive that. But when you square cut it and when you don't have that big crust ring and things are more distributed, it's easier for that pizza to cook evenly and for all those things to integrate among themselves. So there, there's reasons for the square cut and it would be the same thing of like, um, if you're having a party, there's some parties you're going to serve a natural light and there's other parties that you're going to serve a, a beer from Seventh Son or from Land Grant. It depends on your audience, how many people and, and what their needs are. So what you are describing is a direct correlation between yeah. crust and the style of cut. Right. That, that it's not coincidental. It is the triangle right. cut is directly related to that crust and the, the right. square cut almost it, it inhibits a crust. There's not a lot of Right. Crust around the edge, because then you risk, well, if I'm, if I'm cutting it square, you might end up with a little piece that's practically all crust and nobody right. wants that. Yeah. But but I, I will ask I will ask this. And, and listen, I eat square cut pizza sometimes. We all do. I mean, of course we do. We all have our dark secrets. What is the what are the four? What are the pieces of a square cut pizza <laughs> that everybody wants? Well, it depends if you grew up in Columbus and it was your job to pick up the pizza for the family most people have these childhood memories of and then the, the box uh the, the, the pizza was put on the table by my mom or my dad or my older brother and one of the corner pieces was missing what is that is, is that the uh um like the angel share like in whiskey or something like that wait, wait, why is that gone so but it also depends too on how you do the cut um, some cuts give you very big squares and very big kind of corner pieces. Mm -hmm. Other cuts give you such a minuscule triangle that it's basically just a piece of crust with nothing on it. Yeah. Uh, those are offensive to me and, and they bother me. Um, so, so recently, uh, because I had this common knowledge argument about the book is I started putting a lot of thought into it. It's like, well, what other argument can I present, uh, to folks that are skeptical about Columbus style pizza? And I started to think about my experiences growing up and my experiences going to Ohio State, which is tangentially why we can connect pizza to this podcast, right? Yes. Pizza is a big part of the Ohio State football experience. Um, and I just thought of going to OSU, of all my friends were from Cleveland, and I would hear these stories about I came to Columbus and the pizza was different even than what I had in Cleveland, right? Um, and would always hear that from New Yorkers and people from New Jersey, but even if you live in Ohio, for the most part, many people will find that the pizza here is different than where they grew up. So in Cincinnati, you know, La Rosa's is kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I would say if you put a La Rosa's in front of me and a Columbus pizza from our core places from the 50s and 60s, blindfold me, I can always pick out a Columbus pizza from La Rosa's. Um, some people argue that there's a Dayton style of pizza, and that is Cassano's. Marion's, um, a place called Joe's, I think. And there's a fourth place that I can't remember. They're all interconnected by history. Cassano's was the first, uh, mid fifties and their crust is even thinner hmm. and they cut their squares even smaller. Like it, it's, it's a, like, if you say you have, um, 12 squares in a Columbus style, you're going to have like 24 in, in, one of these okay. places in Dayton. So I think that's the style if you encounter it is probably likely to have you have a heart attack because it takes that square and it literally squares the squares for you. So that it's yeah. even more offensive. So, but that Dayton style pizza, 
I, you put one in front of me, like I know, okay, that's Marion's or Cassano's. I, I could tell just by looking at it. So I feel there's some arguments for that. And then you mentioned your time in Chicago. So did you only have deep dish pizza there or did you also have what's known as, as tavern pizza or bar pizza? I did have tavern. I actually had, so there's a Giordano's now from Chicago that is yeah. now in, in Westerville. It's a mile from my house. And I do enjoy the square cut Giordano's pizza, which I yeah. guess is what you call this tavern. I also would mu- very much enjoy deep dish Chicago style pizza. Yeah. But there was also a local place where I went to college where I still could get New York style pizza. Yeah. But but that square cut pizza that I'm getting from a Chicago mm-hmm. restaurant is also kind of different to me than what I'm getting from a Columbus pizza restaurant. And while it still hurts my heart mm-hmm. to eat pizza, not in the triangle, I do. I can enjoy that square cut Chicago style that yeah. from that Chicago style restaurant. And, and again, that Chicago pizza, most of Chicago pizzerias are going back to the late 30s, early 40s. And Chicago places stick, right? You don't have like a, a Chicago style um, pizza place. Well, a Chicago tavern pizza place that opened like three months ago, right? right. It's, it's been in the family for three generations. And if the business has lasted that long, maybe the square cut is offensive to you, but everything else they do about the pizza they've got nailed, right? It's generations yep. of this is our sauce. This is our cheese combo. This is how we do the crust. Our oven is 60 years old. All of those things give you a better pizza. Um, you know, we're not going to have a new Columbus style pizza place open up this year because it's it's all that history and tradition that makes it. And again, Columbus has changed so much as a city in the last 20 years is a new place that opens up. It's going to be a franchise. It's going to be a chain. It's going to do New York style. It's going to do Detroit style. It's going to do something like that. So, you know, I, I feel that Columbus pizza is, is a dying breed, but I also think it's related to Chicago style pizza. But again, you have even perceived that that square cut pizza there is different from what you encounter and, and consume in Columbus. Okay. I feel like I can't hold off on, on this discussion any Bring longer, it. even though we're Bring not going to, I can't save it till the end. Okay. I do like, I think the four corner pieces of a square cut pie are the best, the best pieces, as long as they're not absolutely miniature. You get a crispness to it. You, um, you, you sometimes get a bubbling in the cheese. Yep. Um, we just had some Columbus style pizza yesterday. Surprise. And um, especially if it's an all cheese pizza, I think those corners are what I call the tenderloins because they like you, you get all, you get a massive amount of crust with the toppings and usually get a really good um, cook. It's like well cooked there. So yeah, it's, it's good. But if they're too small and they're measly, they're offensive. I don't get the center slices that, 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 and we can have a further crust discussion crust. I would argue potentially that crust, the dough is the most important part of a pizza. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get, and, and you've mentioned multiple times, sort of the origins of the handle that you can carry it. I don't know what you're supposed to do with the four center pieces of a square cut pie. The, the crust is not there. Often the cheese winds up. It's the most undercooked part of the pie at the center, which I do not enjoy. I like my right. cheese nice and brown. Right. There, in my town, uh, there was, it was an Italian family who ran the local place. It was like right by my middle school. When you would call them up, I'd say, I'd, I'd like that. My pizza well done. And he'd say, nice and a brown. Because they were like, <laughs> they were from that. They were real Italian people who were making yeah. my pizza in my, my small little town. I just, it feels like you have to eat it last because you work your way from outside in. Nobody's diving into the middle of it. And it often feels like to me, those pieces are, I mean, it's like the leftover pieces that nobody really wants them. And to me, if you wind up with a part of a pizza 
that nobody really wants. It's yeah. an inherent flaw of the pizza that if you cut it in a triangle, you do not encounter, yeah. which to me is a fairly strong argument for why cutting a pizza into a triangle makes much more sense than cutting it into a square. Mm-hmm. Jim, are there people who crave the center squares of a square cut pizza, or is it just something that you must deal with that even if you are an aficionado and a lover of Columbus style pizza, would you perhaps admit, you know what? The centerpieces aren't the best, but it's the price you have to pay for the rest of the pie. Or do, are there people that love it that I can't wait to get to the middle? I, I cannot answer this authoritatively. Um, my own experience is it depends on the pizza shop. A good pizzeria is going to make that extra effort to make sure that their pizza cooks evenly. You will encounter some Columbus pizza shops if you know the secret code and you ask for your pizza to be well done. That's also kind of code to say, hey, I don't want that doughy junk in the center. Um, So it depends. Some places uh, cook their pizza to a degree that that I don't shy away from those centerpieces. Um, I would also say in some cases, um, because those centerpieces are at a disadvantage, um, that they make for a good next day pizza, is that they they age, it all comes together, whether you're a cold pizza in the morning guy or putting in the toaster oven, those centerpieces still have value, they can still be salvaged, perhaps even in your world. Um, But yeah, I I can't disagree with that, but a good pizza place is going to do what they need to do to avoid that happening. But I'll also say, too, on a New York style cut, if you were to get a cookie cutter and put that right in the center of that New York style pizza and that was what you were served, you'd probably be run for that piece either. No, yeah. no, that that's correct. And but that brings me back to another concept, too, as we think about like squares and triangles. And I would even say rectangles are actually my preferred. We can talk about that later. That factors into what they call center cut um, or Adriatico's, um, which I love. Um, but yeah, like cookies different, you have some that are square, some that are, you know, bars, some, you all these different styles and shapes and those styles and shapes are related to some pragmatic part of that recipe. So I have friends that are bakers that could debate this on end. And I don't disagree with your perspectives because again, a New York style pizza that is done well is absolutely should be cut into a pie shape and to do otherwise is offensive and wrong. And a Columbus style pie that is cut into squares or rectangles, which is my preferred, um, can be equally as good if they execute it well. And again, if you know the history and tradition and why. So I'll, I'll hit that really quickly because I'm getting a sidetrack. But again, think about how pizza really took off in Columbus. It's 1950, 1951. It's this newfangled concept that's being exposed to the non-Italian populations of Columbus. And the early adopters of this food are teenagers. So a square cut pizza is awesome because they can order a bunch of different pizzas, a bunch of different toppings, get a bunch of your friends together and share a wide variety of stuff cheaply, economically, and try some different things. You can't do that with big giant triangle slices. So that set the template that helped grow it. And again, these teenagers of the 50s, these are the ones that became the advocates and grew it out in Columbus in a big way. Some of them opened their own shops later. So again, that got uh, imprinted into them. It's like, this is what pizza should be like, other than this kind of aloof fancy to them, New York style pizza that's a big giant uh, triangle with a gigantic um, 
lumpy clump of, of dough at the end, which some people are bothered by. I love because that's the part you rip off like a savage and dip into any extra sauce that mm-hmm. you have. There's, there's always a purpose for it. We have a person on this podcast, Stephen Means, who does not enjoy crust, and it is perhaps his fatal flaw as a human being. Yeah. But yeah. so, I but there are people going to be part of this podcast today. That's why I was kind of checking at the beginning. Is it yeah. just me and you, or I'm going to get triple teamed? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't, you know, and I, I, I am a, I try to be open minded to the fact that there are people who don't enjoy the crust. I realize they do exist in the world. Yeah. Uh, there, there's two other main things I want to make sure we hit here. One, Thanks. another thing from your book. And again, this book just details all the different pizza places in Columbus, their history, the trends, how things evolved. I am going to, and I, you know, Jim, I paid for the book so I can do it with what I want. I'm going to go through, I'm going to start checking off. Okay. Can I go to this pizza place? I'm going to put a little X next to it. And I'm going to try to go to every pizza place in this book. A lot of people are doing that. And that makes me happy. And again, um, that is truly why I was pushing to get this book out. It's like, Hey, things are going better now. Let's get up by the end of the year. COVID was looking horrible then. And it's like, these places need the help. And I was even seeing on Instagram while I was writing this book and engaging with people on Instagram, all these people talking about like, hey, you know what? We're stuck in our homes. What we've decided to do as a family is we pick a different pizza place every Friday and and we go and we're going to try to get like one every week for a year. And I thought that was amazing. And I thought people could riff on this. And I know at least three or four of my readers have sent me emails to say, hey, this is what we're doing with your book is we're, we're going through it place by place and exposing ourselves to, to places we haven't heard of. That's another thing I did in the book too, is, you know, I couldn't write about the thousands of pizza places that have existed mm-hmm. in Columbus since the 1950s. That's impossible. Um, but I tried to focus on, there's a few places that are closed in there. Some of them recently closed like Josie's in, in particular. Um, but most of them I try to say, is this place still going today? There's often a reason why a place persists for you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So most of the places listed in the book are open today and places you can visit and support. Awesome. I'm going to do that because I, pizza, like, right, it's the old thing, right? I mean, like pizza's like podcasts. Right. There's no such thing as a bad one or whatever, right? I mean, it's still a podcast. It's still pizza. But they're still great podcasts. And they're still, right. There it's are like pizza, yeah. There are some podcasts are better than others, right. but in the end, you still got something in your ears. Right. Here's here's the thing. The other thing that I didn't I didn't just enjoy your book. I learned from your book. Yep. I did not realize. I know Donato's offers this pizza that has a hundred pepperonis on it. Right. That that seems like fair. I didn't know what a primary component almost of every pizza that pepperoni is because I again I'm not here to argue. I'm here to talk. Right. But. <laughs> I think I could make an argument that if your pizza, to me, it's it's sauce, cheese, and dough, and then toppings are a bonus. That when I think of New York style pizza, I want I, I often, many times, it's a big cheese slice. Yeah. Maybe I get sausage on it. Maybe I get pepperoni on it. But I don't have to. Right. And I feel like if your pizza can't stand on crust, sauce, and cheese, mm-hmm. I have questions about your pizza. Great. How? doesn't feel like that's where Columbus pizza is coming from, though, because I don't know, Jim, maybe even the people here would agree. Listen, man, if you're just going to get sauce, cheese and crust, it might not be a fantastic culinary experience. We're being honest about Columbus pizza. Yeah. Uh, Right. There are some places that I, I would never get a pizza plain with just cheese. It's like I need that other stuff um, to enjoy it. 
But I'll also say for me, uh, I went, and I eat a lot. And um, actually, I'm going to be doing a pizza column for Columbus Underground where I'm profiling different places in town. Oh, nice. Um, you also see people on Instagram that do their own reviews. The core standard for evaluating a pizza is you get one cheese only and you get one pep, right? Those, those are the baselines of the two most common ordered. And if your pizza doesn't stand on its own as a cheese only, you're not doing a good job. Um, I'll tell you, actually, one of my, my favorites is uh, Iaconos. Um, used to be on the OSU campus years mm-hmm. ago at that location in Kenny location in Dublin, they're just flat out cheese pizza is one of my favorites because um, they really allow the cheese to shine in that pizza. It's, it's a good quality provolone. And I learned this when doing tours with them over the years is when they pull the pizza out of the oven is they often for the cheese only pizzas, they'll sprinkle a little bit of Romano on too uh, to integrate with the cheese. And it just, it's a, it's a subtle thing that you will pick up not even on every bite but it's, it's a solid, good cheese pizza. There's other places like um, I, I wouldn't be caught dead getting a cheese only pizza from the place because yep. it just wouldn't have any substance to it. But the, the, there's almost there's a pepperoni history oh, in Columbus that comes through in your book that okay. explains to me why is there pepperoni like as almost. A basic, a basic Columbus pizza almost has that fourth basic ingredient and yeah. your book helps outline why that it's the case. Yeah. Yeah, two components to that. So the first is Jimmy Massey, whose real name was Masusi. Um, he believed, might be true, I couldn't confirm this, but he feels that he was the first person to put pepperoni pizza in Columbus. Probably true. Um, Ohio, pretty good chance it was true. The Midwest, maybe. Um, definitely, we know we had pepperoni in New York, in delis and places like that in the 20s and 30s. So we can't say it, but definitely pepperoni as a trademark for pizza, as the default go-to for pizza, well-established as a Columbus thing, is you look at those old menus from the 50s and, and 60s. So that that's there. But what we have today that, that kind of takes it to the next level is Izo Sausage Company, which has been here in Columbus since 1978. Uh, the family's been making sausage since the late 1800s, um, but their pepperoni is considered to be um, the finest artesian pepperoni in the country, um, especially right now. Um, it has a worldwide le- reputation, and this is not an um, exaggeration, but the plain loads of it are, are sent to like Saudi Arabia and places like that because it's all beef pepperoni. It's like real stuff in there. Um, New York pizza shops that have Izo pepperoni specifically, they will market that. It's like, we've got Izo pepperoni on our pies are highly esteemed. And there's even uh, an Instagram um, account. I think it's called Roni cups, R O N I cups that like tracks those like charred um, kind of little grease lake in the center of the pepperoni on New York style pizza places. And if they see it's Izo, they get excited. So um, those two things, I think, are I put Columbus on the pepperoni map um, as far as a pr- proponent of pepperoni. Don't try to say that four times. <laughs> um, but also, it's it's part of our history and heritage. That is a component of a Columbus style pizza. So we know out in the world the the chains, and you talk about how the, obviously the chains. You had the local mom and pop yeah. shops in Columbus, and then the, the chains started coming in. We know the chains are everywhere now. And, you know, you go to Papa John's, you go to Pizza Hut, you go to Domino's. Now, you know, Little Caesars, 
you get the triangle cut usually. Now you can yeah. Domino's and and Little Caesars at least have the option of a thin crust square cut pizza. But the Donato's, the role of Donato's here, and yeah. actually, I, I, to be honest, and my family notes this and makes fun of me, my family still very much likes Donato's. I'm mm-hmm. out at Donato's on at this point, but frankly, when I got here, it was so foreign to me and so new, I overdosed on it. Yeah. I ate it all the time. So for me to say, ah, I don't like square cut pizza actually is a falsehood. Right. I was so intrigued by it as an East Coast triangle pizza guy that I got here and I, I ate it so much that like I now it's like yeah. reversed. Yeah. But Donato's and I'm, I didn't look up where or how many states Donato's is in. But Donato's, again, what I've learned here, Jim, that's Columbus style pizza, right? It's not just square cut or maybe not. But is Donato's making this style of pizza more popular nationally and perhaps spreading the word or at least mid in a Midwest region, spreading the word on Columbus pizza? Yes and no. Um, Donato's is an incredible company. It's a family owned company still Um, very much people that care very much about the product they make and, and their employees and things like that. Um, I would say the Donatos of the 60s, 70s, 80s, definitely Columbus style pizza. Like it'd be closer to Massey's than it is today, closer to some other things that it is today. It's still, when you look at it, it's, it's, I think, a good example of Columbus style pizza. But I think over the course of time, because of some changes, it's, it's not the perfect example of what I would call Columbus style pizza because it's changed and morphed over time. And you have to do that when you go from one location to, I think they're like 180 right now, um, 10 or 12 States. They've got an interesting partnership that they're doing with red Robin, like in Colorado and in the middle of the country where it's like a red Robin Donato's fusion. So Mm. literally Donato's going across the country. Uh, But a challenge that Donato's has had in their growth and especially when they're owned by McDonald's, is they would go into a market with square cut pizza and people are looking at that thing and they're getting pissed off. Am I allowed to use profanity in this podcast? Uh, you can say pissed. You can say pissed at the pepperoni product prototype. Oh my God. Yeah. Please get the, yes. Just loop that when, if you're uh, <laughs> editing this in any way, that's awesome. But yeah, so it's like they, Donato's has had to change a little bit depending on what market they're in. Um, another interesting thing I've noticed about Columbus style pizzas recently and I haven't eaten enough um, to know for sure, but I'm going to investigate this solidly this year is I see a lot of places when you order like a traditional like pepperoni pie, they'll square cut it. And if you're ordering like a specialty pie, like a buffalo chicken or, or something like that, that they will triangle cut it, hmm. which I think is interesting. So I need to explore this some more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Donato's is, is definitely Columbus style with a, a, a couple asterisks beside it we'll we'll leave it that way but as far as their innovations for the industry as a whole um pretty incredible company and and all types of patents and equipment and um techniques have come out of donato's and its subsidiary kind of companies owned within the family it's it's an incredible story they should be well respected for what they do all right i'll finish up with this jim because we could do a six-hour podcast and mm-hmm. i'm not you're not getting paid for this, so I'm not going to okay. do that to well, you. You no got a life to well, live. We, we will do another episode sometime, and we'll we'll tap on the pizza stuff we didn't talk about, and we'll do the pop soda thing, because I think that would be fun. I mean, if you want to start a separate podcast where you and I argue yeah. about uh, regional preferences 
of fast food and fast casual food. Yeah. I mean, if we want to make a million dollars, we can start that podcast tomorrow. Okay. So that in mind. Find me up. I got some free time in May. Jim, do you find people who grew up in Columbus or grew up on Columbus style pizza on square cut pizza when they are exposed to triangle cut New York style pizza? And perhaps I don't mean because they can't be blind to it. Right. Right. I mean, they've been to Papa John's. They've been to whatever. Right. But if they go to New York City or Mm -hmm. go to the East Coast or whatever, and they have that mom and pop shop style of New York style pizza, do they hate it? Do they say, oh, well, this isn't pizza. Get me back to Columbus. Or do they say, oh, you know what? This isn't what I grew up on, but this is pretty darn good. It's it's not a reciprocal relationship. It's the hate rage from New York to Columbus goes one way. When you are grow up on Columbus style pizza and you eat another type of pizza somewhere else, you might not think it's as good. But that rage uh, does not occur. Like you just go, oh, that's kind of neat. It's cut into triangles. That's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural difference. Is it because New York style pizza is just so good. Everybody loves it. Or is it because people in Columbus aren't as big a jerk offs as people from the East coast, like me. It, it depends. You know, Columbus is, is a very different city. Like I mentioned before, we're more of a city of transplants now. So I think our jerkiness level is, is going up pretty strongly. <laughs> so we could get there. We could become Columbus pizza snobs in, in the near future. If any of the places survive to the next generation. Um, but I, I don't see it as reciprocal rage. Um, no. Okay. So I, I, I feel that again, the Midwest tends to uh, something about it. Maybe it's the water or all the pollen in the air that has allergies going on constantly, but something kind of mellows us out a little bit here in the Midwest that, that you don't experience from, from being on the East coast. Um, you know, climate change and global warming could change that. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it's not reciprocal there. One other thing I wanted to throw in real quick is I'd mentioned it before center cut. Yes. That's, that's something you don't encounter too often. And it's something that I think is, is pretty cool. And I'm researching this right now because it was something I didn't have time to go in depth in the book, but I kind of want to see if center cut is something that happens outside of central Ohio. So example for this is you have a round pizza. It's been unblemished. It hasn't been cut yet. Now, in your perspective, the only right thing to do would be to cut it into eight triangle pieces. Right. Um, you know, somebody might go rogue and do across the line kind of horizontal cuts, right? They're starting that square process. This is where you're going to start to get a little uncomfortable. Right. Then their next step um, is they're going to cut it down the middle vertically, but they're only doing one cut in the center and they leave it that way. So that's center cut. And what that creates is long rectangle slices, uh, which I really like because it's something that you can really, it's, it's, you can almost hold it like a New York slice. Right. You don't really have any of those center pieces that don't right. have any, you've, you've got a little standard to it. Um, that's how I like to experience Columbus style pizza. Um, TAT restaurant, which is our oldest restaurant in the city, our originators of pizza per se in the city, um, they do center cut pizza. Massey's, if you ask, will do it, though the way that they are growing, a lot of the employees have probably never heard that term used before because that's okay. an old school, old school Columbus person will sometimes ask for a center cut pizza. 
uh, will often ask for a well done pizza. Um, and we'll definitely ask for certain topping combinations like pepperoni sausage, especially if the place makes their own sausage is that's just the default go-to. Um, but yeah, I think center cuts fascinating and I want to do some more research into that to see if that was like a Jimmy Massey thing or a, a TAT thing that kind of, um, got lost to time, but some places still do it. And I think it's amazing. A uh, Rabino's is another one that will do it. That's a good, it's a nice compromise. It's a nice compromise. Yeah. Somebody looking yeah. for a way to make everybody happy. I yeah. do think reciprocal rage could be a good name for our podcast. Reciprocal rage, yeah. the battle over regional food preferences. Oh, and I, th- I think it. there's, I think there's, there's something in there. Cause it is, it's hard to get people off the idea of, and that's why I like, like the New York times does all these maps now about like, yeah. Hey, in this part of the country, you eat this or you call something this or whatever. And it makes everybody realize, you know what? You're not right. It's right. just what you grew up with. It doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. Jerk. Right. So, so we, it, it's take help me. States of Ohio or the, of the country where you have like a blue dot surrounded by red. And instead it will take the colors out. We'll put pop. And then we'll surround it with soda as our infographic. I mean, like now we're just giving our ideas away. Now people are going to steal it and make all the money before we have a chance to. All right. Coming tomorrow, the first episode of Reciprocal Phrase. We're going to get off this and start a new podcast. Be there. Be there. I mean, the the thing we found, Jim, I mean, I'll tell you, it's like this supposedly is a football podcast. Yeah. The the input that I get from people when we talk about food. (laughs) Yeah. compared to when we talk about football it's like oh, i get it i like ohio state football but it's like what you said that snickers is this you said that sutter cut pizza is this mm-hmm. it's part of you i mean you yeah. people you can't eat football buckeye talk like that yeah. food is food man there is nothing really there's li- very little life that- 365 days a year most people are thinking buckeye football 350 days a year so there's a little disparity <laughs> there um yeah, that, that makes sense. And and you're eating pizza while you're watching football. So it's, there's a lot of commingling there. So I wanted to hit real quickly to, to help people that feel um, that they've been ripped off by this episode because mm. we didn't talk about Buckeye football is to tie in those Buckeye links to pizza. Okay. So um, th- you're going to an OSU home game. You're from out of town. You see the game, you love the game. Um, I would say that a gigantic majority of people are doing a couple things by default before or after that game. They're going to Tommy's Pizza, they're going mm-hmm. to Adriatico's Pizza, or they're going to some other pizza place that they love from their time going to Ohio State. So that's one tie-in. The other, and this may be a little tangential, but I think there's some merit to this argument, is I feel that Ohio State sports help spread the concept of pizza throughout Ohio. If you envision early 1950s Ohio, it was a big deal to drive to the capital city to to see a basketball game at St. John Arena or a football game at uh, at the Shoe. And right across from these places in the back of what is today is the Varsity Club was the second location of Romeo's Pizza. So I imagine that many people in Ohio that had never had pizza before didn't have the opportunity to go to New York or Chicago, probably had their first pizza in Columbus before or after an OSU sports event. And they probably loved it because it was Columbus style. And they, they took that love home. And then for some of them, it probably kicked around in their heads like, hey, I think I can make some money doing this. So that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
is how we justify this discussion of pizza on a Buckeye podcast. Drop the mic. Wow. I have never before justified anything I've talked yeah. about on this podcast. That's the first justification, this first reasonable, yep. sensible explanation of why we said yep. what we said ever experienced on Buckeye Talk. So we are breaking new ground here. It's, it's a little bit of a gift for me. So if you ever need assistance, just give me a call. It's like, look, I can justify this for Doug. I, I, will, I will give you an argument for why what he said was appropriate. I'm here for you. I may be calling you like 10 times a week. Okay. Uh, Columbus work pizza. With spouses, though. <laughs> <laughs> Only works with podcast listeners. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll insert your justification after the fact. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Or disclaimer. Columbus Pizza, a slice of history by Jim Ellison. You can find it online. It would be great. Go find it in a local Columbus bookstore that keeps yeah. all the local businesses happening. And then and then get out a pen and start going through and saying, I'm going to go to this place today. Maybe it's a place that you've gone to and haven't gone to in a while. Maybe it's your favorite place. Maybe it's someplace you've never heard of before and you want to go experience it. I mean, Jim, there are, I mean, there's, there's not like 10 pizza restaurants in there that you've got like 50 or more different pizzerias. I commented up recently. There's 60 in there, like in depth. There's other places that are kind of casually mentioned. And of that 60, I did a count recently. I think like 54, 55 are still open. Okay. And have you personally eaten at all of them? I will not write about a place I haven't eaten at. Okay. See, again, that's different than normally a book I talk. That's like, like yeah. I won't talk about a thing that I don't know about. I yeah. do not live by that. Well, I should take it back for the places that are, have been lost to history. I, I, as much as I would love to go back in time and eat at Leonardo's, I wasn't able to do that. But if time travel ever becomes an option, <laughs> I promise your listeners that I will, that that will be my first thing that I do. Um, Everybody else is going back in time to kill Hitler. You're going back in time to try a pizza place in Columbus. That's right. Yeah. Now I'll get Hitler in second time around, but I want to, I want a full belly when I'm doing it. Um, And then the other thing as I'm kind of building out this Columbus underground um, review thing that I'm doing for pizza is I've been kind of making a list of places like, Oh man, I wish I kind of maybe had that in the book too, or some places that I missed out on. So, and that will be the focus of, of most of the reviews that I'm doing. It's not recycling stuff I've already done, but literally kind of like having that discovery with, with readers. Just I'm like, hey, here's the place I've never been to. And this was, is kind of what gets on my radar. Very cool. Well, yeah. make sure you guys read Jim Ellison and his pizza reviews in Columbus Underground. Make sure you go out and pick up a copy of Columbus Pizza, A Slice of History. And make sure you stay tuned for uh, Jim and Doug. Reciprocal, Reciprocal Rage. Coming soon at your favorite favorite podcast places. Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time, my friend. We'll be we'll do it again sometime. All right. And next time we'll do it over an actual square cut Columbus style pizza instead of doing it on really small corners. And you can see my rage. You can see my rage in person. Yeah. We'll, We'll eat a good pizza. What am I supposed to do with this? Right. So it'll be good. Um, Jim, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Best of luck to you. All right. Thank you. Take care. And that'll do it for this Buckeye Talk. Again, Buckeye Futures Friday coming up where Nathan and Steven, not coming up right now. We're not going to like jam. Eh, we've done it before. We're not going to jam two podcasts together. But Ryan Turner, the three-star commit uh, who joined Ohio State verbally. Steven and Nathan will get into him. So that's coming up. Again, we're transitioning probably next week. We're looking at our, our mark, mark it down Monday. Coming back next Monday, we'll probably go back to Monday through Friday instead of Tuesday through Saturday. You know, it's just whatever. Uh, Still the same number of podcasts, but we always appreciate you guys listening. 
We'll try to have some fun. We will have some fun. We don't try on Buckeye Talk. We've been doing this for seven years. We, we know how to have a good time, kind of. So hang with us. Football, most of the time. We're going to do a basketball wrap at some point. We've got to do that. That might be coming up next week. Um, we got to get to that. And then we're going to get back to Buckeye Fly Effect, Retalkables, some of the good off-season content. So thanks, as always, to you guys for being part of it. Thanks again to Jim Ellison for joining us. Nice to do something different every once in a while. Uh, buy his book, Columbus Pizza, A Slice of History. And we'll tech, uh, talk to you guys soon. On behalf of Jim Ellison, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.